0: and welcome to episode 10 of the Voice of the River podcast. I'm your host, Sky Hamilton. I would like to give a big shout-out to our semester sponsor, Adara Salon. Today I am here with Emma Bricker, a middle school language teacher, and my brother, Lucas Hamilton. And we're going to be discussing organic world language. So do we want to kind of jump right in? And Emma, do you want to tell us what organic world language or OWL is?
1: So organic world language is a... Redefining of the classroom. So, we've redefined classroom space by taking away all the desks. Classes are conducted in circle, either standing or sitting, usually standing. Um, We do pairings and groupings, and then we come back. And the circle is our accountability piece where everybody's equal. Um, Nobody is uh, more important than anybody else. It is student driven, student focused. The students bring the content to the class. Um, Community. It's Mm -hmm. super community-based. That's a really huge part of it. Uh, It's 100% target language, which is another piece that's really important. And let's see, what have I missed? No textbooks, because the students are the curriculum.
0: Is there any paper?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we have some paper. Um, I keep in my classroom big vocabulary lists Mm -hmm. on the wall. And every class of mine has a different vocabulary list because it's student-driven. And so that means that one class may be wanting to talk about something else than the other class. And so the vocabulary lists are different, which is always fun because Mm -hmm. that generates a little uh, inter-class competition. Yeah. Which means that those kids are getting even more vocabulary than they would otherwise. Right. Um, Yeah Cool So Lucas, you had Emma for 7th and
0: 8th grade And then now you're a sophomore So you haven't been doing OWL for two years What's the difference like for you?
2: Well, in OWL, I was always really engaged when I walked into class The second I walked into class, I knew I had to be speaking Spanish I had to be thinking in Spanish I had to be doing everything like I would in a Spanish class But today when I walk into my Spanish class Or last year when I walked into my Spanish class you know, I walk in, I find my desk. We chat in English until the class starts, and even during class, it's probably a 50-50 mix. Wow. Um, and I don't know, I just like Owl because it was always talking about the things we were interested in. It was yeah. never we're going to discuss, you know, this thing that you will never um, deal with. It's all right. What happened to you last weekend? What are your plans for next weekend? And then that was a majority of our classes. We would just talking. share with a partner, and then we would go around in a circle, and you would share what your partner did. And if there were vocab words we didn't know or things we didn't know how to say grammatically, we would try our best and then Ms. Bricker would uh, let us know how to say it the right way. And that was really, yeah, that's where we learned the majority of our Spanish from. That's
0: awesome. So as a teacher, what do you, what's the biggest differences, benefits that you see? Because you've taught, have you taught both ways? A hundred
1: percent. Yep, I sure have. The difference for me is the biggest difference and the most important difference for me. Yes. The kids are so much more. The students are so much more engaged. And I feed off of that. Yeah. If the students are engaged in what we're doing, then I can totally run with it. And it, I, I don't hit those blocks where when I used to teach traditionally, I'd be like, I know you don't want to do this, <laughs> but we have to because that's what's on the docket. Right. It's not like that anymore. And honestly, you talk mm. about, I mean, the, the, the whole point say this over and over the whole point of learning a language is to talk to people is to communicate that's how we learn
0: english like that's how you learn your first
1: language awesome point that is absolutely right an owl replicates learning in immersion organically exactly (laughs) and so you know it's not necessarily chapter three that you Mm -hmm. need to talk about family if somebody comes in and they I don't know, their grandparent is sick and in the hospital. All of a sudden, you're talking about all of these things that that kid needs. Yeah. They need to talk about that. So you've got vocabulary around family. You've got vocabulary around sickness. You've got vocabulary around travel. And it really just emerges Mm -hmm. naturally. And so people say, well, they don't have the vocabulary. How do they do that? So you can act it out. You can draw a picture, or once you have a little vocabulary, you can describe it. So I always, when I do my little intro to uh, the sixth graders, I'm thinking of a fruit, and it's it's red, and it's like the size of a baseball, and they're ripe in the um, fall, and they grow on trees. They come in other colors. What am I thinking about? Apples. An apple, yeah. of course. So once you get a base of vocabulary. And you don't even need all the connecting words. You just need the, some basic vocabulary yeah. to be able to describe something. And then I can supply that. And the other awesome thing is that students often work outside of class, so they bring things into class that they can help. That's great. A- it's amazing. Yeah.
2: I noticed in Spanish, too, last year, there was a big thing where they wanted us to start doing exactly that, defining words, that like we knew, vocabulary words, in Spanish. And everyone was sitting around wondering how we did that, but I had... <laughs> Two years where if I didn't know a word, I had to do that to get the word. So it was really interesting that that was already there.
0: Yeah, I'm so jealous because Lucas was able to do this for two years, and I I just missed it because I think, or OWL got put in the year I left. So you're in Spanish 4 this year, Luke. So you're working with a lot of kids that have never worked with OWL before. How is that for you?
2: Um, Well, up until actually just recently it had been pretty clear that most of the kids in that class didn't have... They could talk Spanish if they needed to, but that wasn't what they were comfortable with. They never right. really, like, could really, like, think in Spanish. They never really knew how to just uh, talk casually. I mean, now Emma Hillary is in that class, and she was just in Spain for five months. And now
0: episode nine. <laughs> uh, so oh, nice. yeah. that,
2: uh, that changes things a little bit. But, I mean, really, other than that, like, they can get across their basic point, but it's not... That they just want to flow and right. talk, and there's and no spend.
0: reason for them to.
2: Yeah, there's. Yeah.
0: So, Owl was brought in. What year was that? If Lucas, if it was your seventh grade year,
2: 2014 four, uh, four, right? So, fourteen.
0: I think
1: that's right.
0: Why was the switch made? Was that you that pushed for that, or?
1: Uh, yes, I guess it. Was. <laughs> I guess it I, yeah, I guess it was. Um, I went, so I, when I started at the middle school, well, let me back up. I taught university first and then I moved to another middle school. Okay. When I went to my first middle school, the teacher who I was replacing said, he's from Puerto Rico, and he said, you need to teach immersion. And yeah. so I was like, okay, cool. That's, you know, it was part of my interview process. I had to go in and teach. And he said, no English. And so I was like, great. So did my class was awesome got the job and that was my first experience teaching pure immersion okay and teaching immersion just meant that the students were more engaged so I came to Oyster River um, and taught immersion Mm -hmm. and I told my colleagues nobody else has to do this but this is this is how I've learned that it's effective yeah I like it and the kids like it um, and then I went to a conference mm-hmm. and walked into this room. You know, I saw the, the advertisement for OWL and went into the room and I watched this teacher who teach this. I don't know, there were probably 80 of us, and she had us in one big circle. And she had us all engaged. Mm-hmm. And she taught in, she was teaching Spanish, so I already had the leg up because I yeah. knew the language. But there were teachers from all these other different languages, and everybody was engaged. And she had us talking to each other, and this was in a 50-minute session.
0: Wow.
1: So we were talking together, and then we come back to circle, and there was a lot of laughter, and a lot of, somebody was late, so we learned the word tarde, tarde, tarde. <laughs> And it just, it was so engaging. And I thought, holy cow, this is what I'm missing. So I came back to the middle school and my poor colleagues, I said, (laughs) hey, guess what? I learned this really great new thing. And I want to do it. And it's okay. Nobody else has to do it. I just, I, this speaks to me. So I pushed all the desks aside. And I did it part-time because mm. it's a lot to... It sounds like a lot
0: of energy, too, it's for a, you.
1: It's a lot of energy. And then to keep the circle moving mm. and to keep the kids moving. Um, so that year I did... I still had my desks in the room, but... Um,
0: Do you not have desks in your room anymore?
1: Not a one. Nope.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Nope. Wow.
1: So I had the desks in the room, but I had them pushed all to the side. And we... I, I taught a mix. It was mm-hmm. owl and also at the desks. Okay. And then at the end of that year I said, the desks have got to go. And they told me if you take the desks away, you will never get them back and I said, "Woohoo!" <laughs> and the rest is just we just went for it. That's awesome. And to my colleagues credits, God love both of them so much, they embraced it are they doing it
0: now too they are that's great
1: they are so they saw what was happening in my classroom and my students were speaking Spanish in the halls I had kids come back and said you know later later in the year gosh I go to my next class and I raise my hand and I have to think oh no what language do I speak in that how cool is that so um but both of my colleagues at the middle school yeah 100 percent and then when Chinese came in um, it's Chinese
0: in the middle school now, too. It is. Oh, it's
1: cool. It is. So we have that. French, Chinese, and Spanish. Mm-hmm. And the Chinese instructors also have embraced it. And it's really, it's great. Yeah. And the students, to, to watch the students embrace whatever language it is, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's really fun. It's so cool. Yeah. I can't
0: wait to see, because, I mean, you, this worked for you. And I can't wait to see how it's when more middle schoolers start coming up to the high school that have done this. And that, because the high school kind of needs to get on board with this, it sounds like. Has that been a topic?
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it, and I think that uh, there are varying interests. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, we'll just have to see. Yeah. It's a work in progress. Definitely. Across the board, it's a work in progress. Yeah. So, but it's really, um, I really do think that the students find it engaging. I know that um, I've taught a number of workshops, mm-hmm. and one of the questions that comes up is, how do you teach advanced learners yeah. in this format? Well, what we do is we follow the ACTFL, there, there are ACTFL guidelines. ACTFL says you teach 90 plus percent in the, in the target language okay. in your classroom. OWL, we really strive for 100%. Yeah. But um, there's something called question sequencing, and you basically form your questions based on the level that you're teaching. So if you're teaching a novel-level class, you might be asking, what's your name? If you're teaching a higher-level class, you might ask, what's your name? And are you named for someone? Mm-hmm. Or, um does your name have a meaning? Or So, so at every level, you, you absolutely can teach in this methodology. You just need to amp up your questions yeah. so that what you're getting back is a little bit richer response. Definitely.
0: Um,
1: comprehensible input is hugely important so that you as a teacher, you're talking to the students so that they can understand you. Yeah. If you say it one way and they don't get it, then you say it another way. Mm-hmm but to not use their native language english in this case is it's super important yeah and honestly i tell the i tell the students so structure of the day is this i'll, I'll give you two pieces. Kay. The structure of the day is the students come in and in my classroom they come in and they chat in Spanish because once they come through La Puerta Magica there is no more English. So...
0: What they, happens if they speak English? Their
1: <clears throat> classmates call them out on. I mean, it's really...
0: Because um, it messes with everyone. Because, I mean, Luke mentioned he started... Sp- thinking in Spanish, and it's going to get them out of it.
1: Exactly. It does. When somebody else speaks in English or you speak in English, it bumps everybody mm-hmm. off target or anybody within hearing distance. Yeah. And it takes a while to re-engage the brain. So you've got about, what, a 45-minute class, and the, the there are varying studies. Studies. The, the most recent study that I read was more about work patterns So if you're at work and you're focused on something and someone comes to your door and interrupts you and you look up, Mm -hmm. they say it takes about 20 minutes to re-immerse fully in the job that you're doing. So if you translate that to language, it's probably not that long of a period of time, but you can see how disruptive it is. So it's really important for the students to try and stay in language, and they do. They monitor one another. Mm-hmm. There's very little, very little English ever spoken in my mm. classes because the kids are really dedicated. Yeah. They want to learn, so they come in, they chat a little bit. We get in a circle. We'll have a discussion about. Uh, Lucas said, "You know, what did you do last weekend, or what are you planning to do, or whatever the, you know, whatever somebody tosses out yeah. there." Then there's a prompt generally, break them off in groups, come back into the big circle where everybody is accountable. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of discussion within the circle, but we also break into small groups. So what you do is you hold them at a level that's just a little bit above where they're comfortable. This is where those prompts come in. You don't want to make it so hard that it's impossible to answer. But you make it just a little higher than the level where they are. So they're having to work and help one yeah. another. This is where the community piece is huge. And so you kind of hold them at that level, come back, have accountability circle. They're still, everybody's still feeling a little push. Yes. And then play game, mm-hmm. hand slap game, of something just to kind of reset the brain. Let everybody come down from that yes. holding experience Come down, and then you repeat the process. And it's amazing. So, you know, you push, then let everybody come back down, decompress, whoo, catch your breath. It's not unlike an exercise class. Yeah, it's, yeah it's it sounds like it, yeah. Right? Um, and so that's the structure of the day. So, you repeat that throughout that particular yeah. class period. There
0: was there something, you turned to me, was there something you wanted
2: to add? Um, when she was talking about how like even higher languages can use OWL, I've noticed this year in Spanish 4, which is the highest class I've taken yet in Spanish, yeah. obviously, it, uh, from the two I've taken at the high school, this one incorporates OWL or immersion more than anything else. Like okay. right now we're reading this play, and so every day we turn our desks in a circle, mm-hmm. and then the class is just spent discussing the play, which...
0: In Spanish? Yeah, of okay. course. Um, Great.
2: Right. And last year it was always the same rows of desks watching the board. But, you know, this year we're changing it a little bit. And, I mean, it's still not OWL, but it's, even though we're getting to higher level, it's getting closer to it, which, yeah.
0: Are the kids as dedicated in your class in Spanish 4 this year as they were when you were in OWL?
2: Um... I'd say it's a way smaller group, so yeah. the, and they've, they've had to do a lot more work to get there. Yeah. So they're definitely dedicated, but I'd say probably about the same as OWL. That's good. Um, I mean, they're dedicated because they've taken three years yeah. and they want to keep going. Um, but, yeah.
0: So it might be an obvious question, but you just described this crazy class with, like, all this movement and all this great stuff. Which is easier in your mind, easier to learn Spanish?
2: Easier to learn Spanish, definitely Owl. Yep. Easier to participate in and not really do anything, <laughs> sitting in chairs, obviously. Yeah,
0: but I, I don't know if you would have that same answer if you hadn't have already done Owl and learned what you learned yeah. already, because yeah, now yeah. you can sit back and pick it up pretty easily, yeah. But so Owl really was a good foundation. Yeah, it was yeah. a
2: great foundation.
1: One of the other things is we like to use multimedia. You were talking about reading a play, so... Awesome reading, but listenings are really good. Mm. Or um, one of the things that we did Fairmount was uh, watch a video yep. with no sound. Mister Bean, everybody's favorite. Yeah, um, and then produce vocabulary lists out of out of your head. Right, things that you know. And then narrate the film or something like that. So you asked me about paper. Mm-hmm. That's a paper That's a yeah. paper experience. So they're sitting and sometimes I would have students do it alone, sometimes do it in a group. Um, you could narrate what you saw or, um, okay, so put your heads together and come up with a different ending or come up with the next two minutes of mm-hmm. what, what would happen. Act it out. You know, we're going to take. 15 minutes to brainstorm you guys in your little groups of three, come up with uh, what what it's going to look like, but you have to have words. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you have people act it out. And so there's a lot of... it. It sounds... And I think sometimes if people look in, it looks like chaos. It is not chaos. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is. It's fun. Organized. Yeah. Right. It is organized chaos, and there is really a there is a reason for everything that we mm. do. And it is loud, and it is sometimes crazy. But um, I I would challenge you to talk to, gosh, any of my students, even my timid students. Yeah. You know, you have to learn how to read that, mm-hmm. but. Um, if you're if you are an intuitive teacher and and uh, you have a strong community in your classroom, you very soon know your students yeah. and are able to manage that. Mm. Even for kids who, because this is out of the wheelhouse for some, yeah, things, it is. But it even works for those students. That's great. So, and I think the writing and the the paper, I think that's important yeah. to incorporate as well, so that you're getting all of. The modes. Mm -hmm. You're getting presentation, you're getting writing, you're getting oral. And I I really feel confident, 100% confident, that we hit all of those things using OWL. And then again, you use your prompting, your questions, to push the level. Right. So
0: it's awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining me and teaching me about OWL. This is awesome, and this has been really fun to learn more. Thank you guys so much. Make sure to check out Adara Salon and MOR's Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram, everything like that.